this week, there was a time that I woke up, um, you know, in the morning, and I heard that, um, um, you know, the Lion King, Mufasa, when um, Simba doesn't remember who he is, and Mufasa says, Simba, remember who you are. And just a lot of things that I've been seeing just in my own life, it's just been a big memory of trying to remember who I am because as the day-to-day goes, sometimes you forget who you are and what you're capable of and what you carry and what you can do and what you can change just with your presence being somewhere. So I just want to share that with you guys. Remember who you are. Remember the desires that God's placed in your heart. Recognize that those things that burn inside of you, he placed them there when he created you because he wants to use you to change things and move things and create things. So remember, remember who you are. Remember what you're capable of. Remember what your God says about you. Remember, remember, remember. Stir up those things that have been told to you. When you get a prophetic word, when you read and you know God's speaking to you, remember. When the bills come and it doesn't look like it's going to happen, remember that he's your provider. Remember that it doesn't matter what the paper says. What matters is what God says. That's what matters. And remember who you are. Remember, remember, remember. I just noticed that I'm doing this more and more. I think I've shared with you guys how my grandmother used to say everything three times. And I feel like I'm doing that more and more. (laughs) Remember, remember, remember. Good morning, good morning, good morning. (laughs) Good morning. Just look at all your shining faces. Your pearly whites. <clears throat> um, how many of you came to our, what do we call it, our worship night about a month ago, a couple weeks ago, on a Wednesday night? Thank you, Chris, for those side words. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to do another one, and I left my phone down there, but I believe it is the 29th. Thank you, Marilyn. Um, The 29th, that's on a Friday night. Please, please come. We're just going to worship. Just worship. Just worship. Just worship. And just worship is a lot. It's enough. We're just going to come spend time in the Lord, spend time in his presence, praising him, praising the creator that created us. That's what we're going to come spend time doing. You know, as I come up here more and more, I'm trying to find, get more comfortable, trying to make eye contact with some of you, because before I was not looking at anybody. (laughs) It's happening. (laughs) So I'm going to dismiss the kids. I always forget to do that. And then I go back and Chris is like, Raquel, I can't have you up there if you can't dismiss the kids. No, I'm kidding. He doesn't do that. (laughs) He doesn't do that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I just like to set the platform for him when he comes up here so it's all spiritual. Just kidding. Just teasing. Have y'all ever been here when Chris makes jokes about me? I was just checking. Yeah, yeah, I was just checking. I was just checking. (laughs) It's true. Hey, I understood the assignment, guys. (laughs) So, kiddos, stand, please. All right, guys, I'm just going to let y'all know. We need some more girls. These guys are dominating right now. 
And it's a girl's world, I'm just saying. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Um, guys, you guys are dismissed. Follow that awesome lady back there in the black. She's wearing a crown on her head. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sorry. I think I, I jumped real quick. But, yeah, on the 29th, we're having a worship night. Please be here. We'll probably put something on Facebook, the WhatsApp. Stay tuned. Time is, what time is it? Seven. Thank you, Chris, for standing here. Seven. <laughs> All right. I'm going to awkwardly pass this over to Chris like I always do. One thing about that worship night, um, you know, that's where um, we had, the last one we did, um, we had quite a few prophetic words that came out and, and just some other uh, stuff that, um, it's not that we don't uh, do that on Sunday morning, we do. Um, it just seemed to have flowed more that, that night. Uh, than than normal, and I don't know why that is, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. Um, but uh, everybody, good? Yeah, we got a a few people out that are traveling. I know the uh, the whites are out. Uh, they're I don't know if they're camping. Anyway, they they asked, hey, just remember them. Uh, they they're traveling. Uh, had to get away, uh, you know, for the weekend, and um, I think. Um, there's a women's retreat going on as well that some folks are at. So, uh, yeah, man, a lot of stuff happening. Uh, it's good stuff. Um, this morning, um, a few things uh, that I wanted to mention real quick. If y'all could help us out uh, on, on just a couple of things. Um, after service, so we're all about the freedom, right? And I see some visitors and Man, we 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 so grateful for y'all to join us, and uh, man, it's good to see y'all again. I saw Ocean. I can't not forget her name. That's just so cool. Um, but uh, one thing that we're you know as we're growing in this freedom that we have, especially in our in our worship, you know, and uh, with our kids and stuff. You know, if you're visiting or if you're watching YouTube or um, and you you come in one day, you know, we don't put the rules on our kids that they can't worship up front you'll see them with the flags and we even have you know two and three year olds that'll that'll run up here and sometimes they stand on these altars and uh that's okay because the only sanctified thing in this room right now is you and uh we don't have that um that stance of you know keep the kids over there and slap them around like we used to do uh we've been set free from that kind of stuff because we we believe in them expressing their their own worship, just like you, or just like like I do. And um, so, um, it can be a little chaotic sometimes. Uh, that's and that's okay. We're 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 learning how to how to navigate uh, opening that up, and we're excited about that. Uh, we do need some help though after service. Uh, if we're if we're um, if anybody's up here at the front and they're praying or. Um, you know, we're, we're counseling with some people there. There's always somebody that wants to talk after service and we're praying with folks and stuff. I, I really need some help. If you can begin as parents to, we need to train them. Hey, what's going on up there that that's probably not the right place to run into somebody, uh, or to, um, you know, come stand on the altar and scream across the room at that point. Does that make sense? 
it, it's, it's, I want to respect the person that is in need at that moment. Does that, does that make sense? So, and these are our family, right? We're, we're family. And so, uh, please don't come and smack them. I know some of y'all do, and that's okay. I'm, I'm with that, but don't, don't come and, you know, don't do that. But just, just this area up here, we just, we want to try to keep the atmosphere of respect for the person and also the atmosphere of, I mean, y'all all been there, right? When, when you're there and you're, you're lost and God's moving and then all of a sudden something happens and it can, it can throw people off. And, um, we're just trying to learn how to navigate that. Is that, is that understandable? Am I clear? Yeah. Um, cool. Because, uh, we're family. Um, we love what God is doing. It's, it's crazy, good, scary stuff. It's exciting. Uh, so that's just another avenue of growth for us as family, as a community, is um, let's just kind of watch that after service. Uh, and um, anyway, um, man, I, I, um, has anybody else had a rough week? Yeah, yeah. So at the beginning of service, I was talking, I opened up with that song, and, and somewhere in there I, I started uh, singing slash talking about um, the waves of the enemy, right? Uh, man, I love uh, um, history and warfare and fighting. I, I, I love it. I'm addicted to it, you know? And um, the, in, in ancient times when they, would, uh, when they would have war, there were waves that they would send out, right? Uh, cavalry and infantry, and then they developed catapults, and they've always had archers and stuff. And, and the, the infantry would run in different waves. They would keep their reserves back, and all right, send them. You know, some of my, the, the Romans would say, sick them. You know? um, and it's just those different waves that come sometimes. And uh, it's kind of like... Uh, I don't get in Galveston water anymore, but I have been down to, where's that, where's that, where we went all the way down to Brownsville? What is, um, yeah, Padre Island, yeah, South Padre. Oh, man, you walk in that water, and I mean, I can get chest deep, and I can see my feet, and I can see all the fish running by me, and I was like, yeah, peace out, I'm done. <laughs> that water would get out there and the waves would come and it would kind of crash over. You know what I'm talking about? Y'all all been to some kind of clean water, right? Where the, where the water hits you wave after wave. And, you know, if you're in Galveston, you get seaweed bash after seaweed bash. I remember it, man. Like, when we was kids, we thought that was the greatest thing in the world, be on Bolivar. And, um, yeah, nasty. But you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Wave after wave hitting you, right? Sometimes... That's how when I'm in a, in a, in a week that I, I'm picking up, there's, it's rough or something's not gelling or there, there's an actual attack going on. Does this make sense? Are y'all, anybody else with, you know what I'm talking about? That wave after wave that just comes and sometimes you're like, what the heck, man? You know? Amen. And what I saw this morning... Um, because I'll just be real with y'all. Half of y'all told us you were arguing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We were, it was, it, there was a, a, just me and Raquel were talking. It's like, man, it just feels like, like something, like it's thick or something's just like we're in mud. Before we ever even got here, we were kind of feeling that. And man, practice went, went okay. Mark kept us in time pretty good. 
uh, I, you know, I messed up a few times, Adriana, anyway. Um, but as we're moving, and, and we, it was all good as we got through practice, we got everything lined up, we're good. And then, man, something about as soon as I hit that first chord, I just, I just felt a shift. And I saw this picture of little waves crashing, but bigger waves coming over. And I heard the Lord tell me, that's your bigger wave, that's me. I'm crashing over all that other junk. I'm crashing over all that stuff because I'm better. And you know, I love it that he's not arrogant. He's like, I'm better. No, he's just, he just is. That's the reality. He's just better. And so if you're here today and there's any of that struggle, there's any of that, that your feet are in mud or you feel like your spirit's just in that mud where you're, man, know today that he's better. We just sang the fire out of that, right? We just wore those, those words out about His goodness and, and all that. But there's a difference in singing it and knowing it. And today, I want to challenge you all to know that the betterment of the Father is crashing over the sons and the daughters wherever they are right now. There's a betterment of the Father that is crashing over us. Amen? And so, man, I just I speak that over you all this morning. Uh, that's what I was seeing, and I, I don't know, it's just... It was cool for me because I needed that. But um, turn with me, if you would, to the book of Luke, chapter 4. And uh, it is good to be in his house. Amen? Uh, and I see uh, some folks on Zoom. Welcome to y'all joining us. Um, so we were speaking last week. We were talking about that. Scripture in Ephesians that talks about the schemes of the devil, the wiles of the devil. And I was uh, talking about wiles, schemes, in conversation. Now, I know that nobody in this church or community has ever gotten into a squabble because of something you said. That's other churches. That doesn't happen here. But uh, you, you know what I'm talking about? How conversations can get twisted and turned? Man. I remember the first time that uh, I got something mixed up with my, my uh, grandmother on my mom's side. I said something that um, my grandfather was a very, very vulgar man. Very vulgar. You know, uh, I, knew, um, I knew all the Spanish cuss words before I learned Spanish. I learned all the Italian cuss words. Um, I know just a couple of words of Choctaw, and uh, they're all cuss words, and I don't say those anymore. Uh, he was a very vulgar man, and so one day I thought that he told me to tell my grandma this thing that he told me earlier, and that is not what that man said. Or he backed out and lied after she slapped me across the table. Oh, I was like seven years old, and we call her Nanny. Nanny reached across the table, you know, like Flash Gordon speed. You know what I'm talking about? So somebody in here, y'all don't know that? Man, I'm the only, oh, Mark's shaking, yeah. I mean, yeah. She reached across the table, and I was like, like I pulled my soul back into my life, into my body. And uh, uh, she said, don't you ever say anything. And I, I said, but Papa said, I didn't tell you that. But, he, you know, he used to tell me all the other times, right? We'd go to market to deliver 
Uh, and it was, hey, tell them this, tell them that, tell them that joke. I t-. Anyway, conversations can get you in trouble. <laughs> I learned that very quickly. But the point that we were looking at last week um, was a, we, we looked at the conversation that Jesus had where he was saying, I have more to explain to you, but you cannot grasp it right now. And the, the foundation is that God is always wanting to expound more to you. We were singing a while ago, more of you in my life. But let me be very clear, uh, from the standpoint of God giving, He is done. Because He has already given everything that He can possibly give. There's, there's not another part of Him that you and I do not have access to as sons and daughters. There's not a piece of Him that He's holding back. And I know that we've been saying that stuff for years. We've been crying out, uh, oh Lord, send the fire. In Spanish we say, manda la lluvia, right? Getting, send the fire, Lord. He's already sent it. It's kind of like, son, I already gave you everything. Why don't you step into what I gave you? And so the concept is that God has given everything but you can't grasp it right now. That's what Jesus told the disciples in in John 16. He says, man, I've got so much more to give you, but you can't grasp it right now. That's why we don't tell little Sophie or Penny over here, why can't you learn calculus right now? Huh? Why? Does she have the capacity and the the function of her uh, uh, intellect to learn calculus? Yeah, she just can't grasp it right now. Does that make sense? And so... Jesus goes in to explain what the Holy Spirit would do, that he was the revelator of truth. He says that the Holy Spirit is going to come to reveal to you the heart of the Father. There's parts of the Father that we don't know yet. Are we one with him? Yes, we are. Are we, are we seated in heavenly places? Yes, we are. Are we actual sons and daughters of the King of the universe, the God of all creation? Yes, we are one with the Father. But we don't have everything revealed to us yet to our understanding. And so, does that make sense? So, um, um, we, we talked about Holy Spirit revealing the reality of the Father. And then we went into Ephesians 6 where there's that, that phrase, that, that Scripture um, that um, he says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Um, oh, I'm going to mess it up because I'm, I'm hearing the passion in my head and, uh, and this one. So I keep getting them mixed up. You're going to say, Pastor Chris made his own verse up. In the New American Standard, he says, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. And we broke down that word schemes. And part of that, um, and that word, um, <clears throat> methodia is the Greek word of it, uh, and it comes from two words, and it means a method. You know, all throughout time, people have used methods to accomplish things. Is that true? Um, man, there's so much craziness around in our world. Not, not, sometimes we get so focused in on the United States, and we forget about what's going on in the whole world around us. Uh, there's so many methods that people use to accomplish what they want and what they're trying to do. Whether that's people at the store, 
with what they're trying to sell you or our government or your neighbor wanting to get a fence done. I mean, you know what I mean? There's just all, in all kinds of ways, there's a method that people use and every, everyone is different. But our enemy has a method that he uses and this word, when you break down this word, um, it's, it's a method or a plan uh, <clears throat> out of trickery. It ties into the cunning arts. It ties into deceit and craftiness. Trickery, right? And he goes on to explain, uh, man, actually that word is only used twice in the whole New Testament. And it's actually in Ephesians when he was writing it in the same book and he wrote it and he was talking about the, 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 the cunning trickery or the cunning arts of men that would try to deceive you. And so that, that's in a nutshell where we left off last week about being aware of the wiles or the schemes that our enemy comes at us. We have an enemy, yes? That is the truth. And he, he simply comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Is that, that's what the Word tells us, right? Um, we also know, this is what is mind-blowing to me, is that we already have the victory. The Bible tells us that the victory belongs to us because the battle, or uh, yeah, the victory is ours because the battle is the Lord's. Uh, and you can go back even through the Old Testament. Man, God would tell the, the children of Israel, He would say, uh, hey, tomorrow you're going to win, but just still go out on the battlefield. Oh, Lord, we might get shot. Yeah, I know, but just, just go ahead and go anyway because you're going to win. Uh, they got arrows. They got chariots. Y'all seen Charlton Heston, right? They got spears on the side of their knives on the side of their... Nobody laughed at that one. Okay. Charlton Heston, Ten Commandments. Ben-Hur. Some of us. Maybe I'm speaking my age there. Um, we already have victory. Like... Not only that, Jesus actually said, I give you all power and authority over all power of the enemy. And he also already took the authority away from him, but he still has power. He has power, but that power is not greater than yours. Like that's a true statement, yes? But why do we fight? See, there's a, there's a purpose and a reason, I believe, for struggle, right? Anybody in here like to go to the gym and work out or do squats? I used to. Then I hit 40. That stuff is stupid. Man, oh, your IT band is tight. Yeah, I know. I've been squatting all that weight. Oh, your hip flexors are hurting. I mean, man, anyway. But did it do my body good? Yes, it did even though I hurt most of the time. Uh, but struggle creates learning. It creates strength. Is that why he says we're still going to battle? I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. I just know that it happens. But the key, the most important thing, is that you and I as sons and daughters of the Most High, as having every spiritual blessing, we must know that no matter what comes, He is greater, which makes you greater. 
He's already given you power and authority. We just have to walk through. Man, you know that verse. We said this a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh, old King James, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I don't want to walk through no valley of no shadow of death. Are you crazy? I want to walk through the, the, the lilies and the blue bonnets. This is Texas, man. Take me to the, the valley where there's beautiful flowers. Not my enemy. And Jesus turns around. Remember, in, we just read this a couple weeks ago. Jesus turns around and he says, hey, guys. I'm going to send you out and you're going to feel like lambs in the midst of wolves. Man, I've seen natural, National Geographic. That doesn't look very fun and fond of, fond of something I would want to do. But that's what he said. Hey, I'm going to send you out, but I've given you all authority and power over the power of the enemy. And so there's this there's this interesting game at play that for you and I, it is the game of life in Christ. It's the, we have righteousness. The righteousness of the Father is our nature now. And we stand in the place of authority and power of victory, but we still got to go through the walk. And so this morning, I just wanted to touch in a little deeper on the part about the conversation that the enemy comes and does. You ever been walk into something like you just, man, you happy-go-lucky, man. You just, you're just walking in, into the store. Everything is fine. And then you're just, oh, man, you're singing. I know all of y'all sing when you go to the grocery store, right? And you're just going and going. All of a sudden, you turn down aisle five. And there is somebody in aisle five, and you feel this instant thing, right? And, and, and you ever get those thoughts? You start having thoughts that you know are not yours, right? Um, our enemy works that way, and we know that. God's already given us a, a, a direction that, hey, fiery darts, fiery arrows, arrows of thought, and when we start breaking down the Scripture, um, we see more and more of what He does. And this morning we're going to look at one of those conversations that He had uh, actually with Jesus uh, here in Luke. Excuse me. Luke chapter 4. Uh, are you all there? All right. I'm going to read because uh, I want to... I just know that, that there's a scheme there that he plays with, that he throws all kinds of thoughts. And I, my point is, is that I believe that we need to raise the awareness of our conversation that's going on in our head. I do fully believe that not all of your thoughts are your thoughts. I do believe that the enemy sits there and throws rocks, arrows, like Psalm 91 Psalm 130, uh, we also have Ephesians where he talks about the helmet of salvation be, to block the fiery darts and that kind of thing. And, and when we break down in a few minutes, what you're going to see, uh, what I was like, okay, man, I, I kind of knew some of this, but man, I got such a deeper understanding of how he attacks me. Um, and I believe it's my responsibility to share with you um, just what I saw so that we can all be greater aware of what's going on. Does that make sense? So here in, here in Luke chapter 4, uh, it says, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. He returned in verse, verse 1 to the Jordan. 
And he was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they, when they had ended, he was hungry. So I need to make some clarification here. When you, when you do some, some deeper study on the actual uh, the Greek and the Aramaic language, which is uh, what they were speaking in writing, um, the word tempted is not really the best word for us to use. The word actually in the Aramaic, it actually means tested. Um, uh, let me get to that real quick. And the, 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 this is interesting because this word, man, this is a tough one. Perazzo, that's how you say it. Perazzo. And if, you know, look, I can... See, that's how I get my Greek learning uh, blue letter Bible. This word here, um, it's uh, in, in if you look in your Strong's Concordance, number 3985, and it's perazo, and it's to try whether or not a thing can be done, uh, to attempt an endeavor, or to try and make a trial of or to test something for the purpose of ascertaining its quality. Wanting to find out if something is uh, able to take the test, able to, to pass for what you need, what quality it is. Um, but it, it, that's in a good sense. So if the conversation is coming from a good intention, then that's, it's like testing, like, let's see if this will work. Oh, man, hey, let's see if we can do this, right? Uh, but when it comes from a bad intention, in a bad sense, it's to test one maliciously or to craftily to put to the proof of feelings or judgment um, or to, um, to solicit a test with evil intent. Um, does that make sense? It's like you're gonna, you're gonna, somebody's gonna try to do something for the evil reason, for the bad reason, not for a good one. And that is the connotation of this testing. It is when, when the enemy comes with schemes, like we read in Ephesians, it is for evil intent, right? Um, Man, I bet every one of us knew people like that in school. I know none of y'all were those people in school, right? Man, I knew a few of them. They would just, they just want to test you to see, right? Or what they can get away with. And I think that's where bullying comes from as well. Just stupidity, right? Anyway, um, <clears throat> but from a good sense, it's, Let's try the quality. Man, you know when you go and buy, I mean, we don't, we don't open up the jar of mayonnaise you're going to buy at store and check it or anything like that. But, you know, like I, I grew up farming, and most of the things we did was um, most of the stuff down here in South Texas, it's all greens and eggplant. My family was one of the largest producers of eggplant and uh, greens uh, here in, um, in South Texas, or in Houston, sorry. And... Uh, you know, when you pick eggplant, you have to, you got to look at it, especially if it's been sitting down low, because if, uh, if it touches the ground, it'll start to rot right there, right? 
when you're picking um, turnips or onions or mustard or collards, especially mustard. Mustard will break um, a little easy. You got to be careful. You'll bruise the bunch. But man, when you when you bunch it all up and you put it in, you inspect it. You hey, is this going to pass the test? You look at it. is it wilted? Is it like when you go buy it at the store, right? Turnips. They don't pass any tests. You just pick that sucker up and you put it right back and you pass a test. Turnips are just not, not a, a thing. And I'm just making that judgment for everybody, right? Oh, oh my goodness. I don't. I was forced to eat them and eggplant. And I can tell you every way to eat eggplant. Uh, anyway, we won't get off on my four things as a child. You would test the eggplant. When you go to buy the green, you would test it, look at, the, at what it looks like. You know, when you, when you pick corn, you open it up, see if there's a worm or not. There's all, many, all kind of things, right? You test stuff for good reasons. Why? Because you don't want to eat a worm. Uh, we went to eat breakfast yesterday, and um, it was a little salad thing that came with your breakfast, and, and Raquel tested it. Because you could see that it was wilted and it looked old. It had a little stuff on it. like, And so she just pushed it all out because you don't want that, right? So how does that work with the conversations that go on in our heads and in our life when the enemy comes with evil intent, with schemes to deceive you, to lie to you, to pull your affection and your attention and your drive away from the purpose and the calling that you have on your life? to pull you away from walking in the calling of being a son or a daughter, a king or a queen? Well, I'm glad that you asked because let's look at what happens here. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch to the passion translation here. Um, I'm going to read it again, verse 1. From the moment of his baptism, Jesus was overflowing uh, with the Holy Spirit. He was taken by the Spirit from Jordan into the lonely wilderness of Judea to experience the ordeal of testing by the accuser for 40 days. Uh, he ate no food during this time and ended his 40-day fast very hungry. That's verse 2. Real quick, a, a, a quick note that I learned. The word accuser. Now, we know Satan is called what? The accuser of the brethren, right? But actually, right here, this passage, the accuser, or the devil, most of our other uh, translations will say the devil. They actually can be, either one can be used here. What is the significance of that? The significance is that the devil, part of his inner core of who he is, is he accuses. I have learned uh, very much in the last few weeks that um, accusations need to hold off until you have some proof. When you accuse someone of something uh, with no proof, oh, they're just looking at me, so they must think, da, 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 da. you are stepping into that atmosphere that the enemy lives in. Does that make sense? And I'm, I'm, I'm talking to myself here. I, I find myself making those kinds of calls. And I'm like, dang, dude, you got to stop that, man, because that's the way he thinks and he lives. And I don't want to do that. So see, that's me understanding better capacity that my father has for me to come out of that way of thinking. 
Now, if you actually see something happen, then okay, there's your, there's your proof. So anyway, that was, that was free, actually, sorry. Um, <laughs> verse 3, it was then that the devil said to him, if you are really the Son of God, command this stone to turn into a loaf of bread for you. We've all known this story. I'm sure if you've been in church any amount of time, you've heard of what we usually call it the temptation of Christ when it's actually the testing of Jesus. Um, and so he, he speaks to him. He speaks to him and says, hey, here's a thought. If you really are the Son of God, command the stone to turn into a loaf of bread. Now, he knew. We all know the story, right? We already knew Jesus was fasting 40 days. He was hungry. I actually had a little something to eat this morning, and it's only noon right now, and I am hungry. I've done some of those long fasts before. I've done several days. I've never done 40. Uh, I don't think Jesus was hangry. But he was wanting something to eat. And so he comes and he says, hey, turn this stone into bread if you are the Son of God and command it to turn into a loaf of bread. And Jesus replied, I will not, for it is written in the Scripture, life does not come only from eating bread but from God. And life flows from every revelation from his mouth. And so the point that I want to make is here's a scheme. Here's a, a conniving aspect that Satan comes and he says, hey, he gives him a conversation, right? And, he, and he's, he's going at something that is one at the moment for mankind would be a weakness. He's hungry. He's wanting to eat. And Jesus instantly turns it um, and goes a different direction. So there's this conversation. Now, some people have asked a question, man, I wonder if this all happened. Did it actually happen in the physical? Like, did Satan actually appear to Jesus and, and they had this physical conversation? Or were these the fiery darts that Psalm 91, uh, that Ephesians 6, that Colossians talks about, were they the thoughts coming at him and it was going on and, you know, I don't know, did this happen in the spirit realm, you know, the second heaven, or was it, was it actually physical? I tend to think it was actually physical. Uh, I used to think, no, nah, it's probably not physical, man, because I think Jesus would have clocked him, but that's okay. That's, that's my Jesus. Uh, that's my Jesus anyway. Uh, but in verse 4, uh, Jesus gives him the answer. And then verse 5, uh, look at this. Jesus, or then the devil lifted Jesus high into the sky, and in a flash showed him all the kingdoms and the regions of the world. And the devil then said to Jesus, all of this, with all its power, authority, and splendor, is mine to give to whomever I wish. At this point, this is a true statement, yes? Because Adam and Eve, they turned over dominion and authority when they took from the tree of knowledge, right? So this is a true statement that Satan is making at this point. And, and he says just one thing, you know, I can give you all the power and authority, all this splendor, I can give you a whole world, uh, just do what's one thing and just uh, uh, simply bow down to worship me and it will all be yours. You will possess everything. I find it fascinating, a couple of things here. Um, is Jesus um, a miracle worker? Yes, he is. Did we see where he simply spoke to Father and Father provided food at the at, like that? 
right? Is Jesus also, does, does, doesn't the Word teach us that all things were created through Him and in Him? John says it. Colossians says it. Everything that was created came through Jesus. So look at what Satan is throwing accusation or, or, or trying to bring this conversation. One, Jesus can provide anything. And he comes at him and, hey, why don't you go ahead and make some bread? And then on the authority part, everything was already created. Man, he is tempting. He's trying to test Jesus with what Jesus already created. My point is, is that most of these accusations are going to come. Most of these schemes and wiles are going to come at your identity of who you are. The one thing he wants to pull down is who you are. Because when you forget or step away from who you are, it's that, that's where you lose your power and your authority that you walk in. I'm not saying you lose it like God takes it away. I don't, I don't believe that. The gifts of God are irrevocable, right? What I'm saying is that when you and I, if we get pulled and sidetracked by these things that go on around us in our head, then we start to step away from where we're walking and we start slipping. We're not walking in that identity and that authority. It's easy to lose sight when that happens. So I just thought it was interesting. I believe that Satan wants more than anything to tear down your own knowledge and understanding of your identity, of who you are. And so that's how things are going to come. Yeah, let me come back to that. See, uh, bow down and possess everything. Jesus, in verse 8, rebukes him and says, Satan, get behind me, punk. That's the way I read it. Uh, he says, for it is written in the Scripture that only one is worthy of your adoration. You will worship before the Lord your God and love Him supremely. And next the devil took Jesus to Jerusalem and set Him on the highest point of the temple and tempted Him there, saying, if you really are the Son of God, Jump down in front of all the people, for it is written in the Scripture that God has given His angels instructions to protect you from harm. Is that not true? Psalm 91 tells us that He will send His angels around us to even uh, help us not to even stub our toe. That's the kind of dad we have. And He throws that at Him. And uh, Jesus replies, it is written in verse 12, uh, how dare you provoke the Lord your God that, and that finished the devil's harassment for the time being. So he stood off at a distance, retreating until the time came to return and tempt Jesus again. So do we see the conversation that they had? He had three aspects of this conversation. Has anybody else ever had that happen? You know, sometimes I'm there and I begin to hear these things and inside of me, I know that that's not real. One I hear a lot of is, man, that's a stupid decision. Raquel and I have come a very long way in our business. It's 21 years 
we have a lot of, there's 31, 30 employees. There's over 50 subcontractor crews, two locations that we're out, we've outgrown. We're trying to make what, all these decisions, right? And here we are, and I say that not to brag on us, but to brag on him. Because the only reason we went into doing business for ourselves was so we could do more ministry. It just wasn't what we thought it was. It wasn't the way we thought it was, right? But there will be moments where we're fixing to make some serious decisions that will affect our employees and even our subcontractors and, and all these things we have to decide. And, I'll, I'll, it, man, it'll just come like that. It'll just, man, that's a stupid decision. Man, if you do that, that's, that's you being a jerk to your employees, Oh, now you're not being good enough to your employees. And there's just back and forth. This same type of thing. Oh, you're going to make that decision because you're a greedy business owner. We've had to fire people before and let people go, you know, because they just are not good. <laughs> and... uh there's in those moments where, oh, I guess you don't have that grace that Jesus talks about. Anyway, the conversation will come, it'll, it'll happen like that in, in our heads where we're trying to decide. And that's where we have to say, no, wait, I am, I do have a vein of entrepreneurship in me that my father put in me. I do, I am a good business owner. We have made good decisions and we're going to make one here. And we'll move forward with that. That's what he does. He tries to attack the identity of, and the grace of where you're walking. Does that make sense? Are y'all with me? Okay. So now we get into these, these points. This is just one conversation. Adam and Eve in the garden. How, that, how did that happen? He didn't hold up poster board. Said, hey, Eve. Eat the fruit. He had a conversation. And what did he do? He came after a truth that they already knew, right? And so my point is, is just that I believe there's an awareness that you and I are about to step in and a deeper awareness of where the conversation in our heads and around us is coming from. Does that make sense? Uh, you know that deception uh, um, deception happens. You don't know you're being deceived. Does that make sense? You don't know when you're being deceived. When you find out, well, now you know you're being lied to. Deception's out of the way because deception is something that's hidden. And the point is, is that when we're in these, some of these conversations, some of the deception, it comes. And it can even sound like our own voice. Listen, if you ever hear... If you ever hear something negative about yourself, oh, I'm stupid. Oh, I'm worthless. Oh, I'm evil. Oh, I'm, and you name the, if, if you hear those thoughts, those thoughts are lies. And they do not come from you, and they do not come from your father. Okay, one of y'all believe that. Let me say it another way. God does not say one negative thing about you. 
God does not think one negative thing about you or what you do or what you look like or how you act. He doesn't say one negative thing. The prodigal son comes down the road and instantly the love of the father, which never left, he stepped into the place where the capacity of the loving father could grab a hold of him and express to him how he really felt. He comes walking up with all the lies in his head from the conversation he had with someone other than his father. Jesus didn't tell us this because it's a cool story that we can tell around the campfire and sing Kumbaya. He told him because it's a real, it's a reality of the heart of the father to the hearts of his sons and daughters. Are you with me? If you hear those negative things, they're not from the Father. He doesn't come and say, man, you're a stupid idiot for doing this. He's a good, good father that says, hey, man, I don't know that I would do it that way. I've heard it that way. I know for myself, I hear it like, yeah, Chris, I probably wouldn't do it that way. No, Jesus, you don't know, man. He did, they did this. They, 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 they did all this. They did that. Yeah, but I probably wouldn't handle it that way. Let's find out how we can build them up. Build them up? Yeah, that's what I like to do. I like to build people up. I don't like to tear people down. But look what they did. Yeah, they know what they did. That slab of Cambria countertop was... That's okay. Just don't treat them that way. Does this make sense? Jesus had every opportunity to condemn people in the Word, and He never condemned anybody. He never condemned anyone. Oh, He got mad with them Pharisees, and He went home and made a, a, a cord, I mean a whip. That's what it says, that He left, He went home, He made the whip, and He come back and went after the money changers. He told the Pharisees some pretty harsh things. But they were true, and he said it in a way that didn't really condemn them, but just showed their error. Does that make sense? I think there's a, there's a line between condemnation and conviction. And there is now how much condemnation? None. Jesus never condemned anyone. And I don't think he's going to start today... Um, Never mind, I'll leave that alone. <laughs> uh, turn with me, uh, if you would. Let's go, oh, let me get back over there. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. Chapter 10. Let me know when you get there. Give me an amen or something. All right. Whew. Second Corinthians chapter ten. I, I um, man, I just I really want us to be aware. You know, um, our 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 heart is not to have church, and y'all know that. I say it all the time. We don't want to come together and have church. We don't. We're not interested in church at all. Um, we're interested in having an encounter with the Father when we come together. But the word church 
in the in the whole New Testament, ecclesia, it's it's 97% of the time it's used as a governmental term uh, for the governing of the city. Um, the church, uh, as we know it today, we are supposed to be the answer. Well, let me say that better. Uh, we are the answer. We are the solution for the problems and situations of the world. We are the ones that are supposed to uh, be looked at and called upon because we have the answers. Because what we do is good. Because what we do actually changes things. We are full on after going after reformation. Yes? Kingdom reformation. We want to see the systems of the world line up to become the, system, the same as the systems of our God. So what does that mean? Um, that means that education, um, law enforcement business, the arts and entertainment, uh, family. Can I say education? Education. They should all, of the systems that govern those attributes of our life should have the heart of the Father. Not the heart against the Father. And it's not, I don't necessarily think that um, my, my views have changed over the years. I don't think that it's so much that um, um, there's, there's differences about protesting, and I'm still digging into some of those definitions um, and looking at some of that as a separate study. But, you know, I really believe that if... Uh, so if you're an educator, like take Marilyn, for instance. She's an educator, been in the education system for a long time. Is she supposed to, is she supposed to say, oh, my God, education, they don't care nothing about, uh, it's all demonic and it's all, it's just the, the way they do things and I'm just going to leave and go. Or is she supposed to be in there and bring the heart of the Father to it? Right? Oh, Christians aren't supposed to get in government. We need to stay away from government. Uh, actually, no, we need to get in there and show them how it's supposed to be done. That's what Reformation is all about. And that's what we want. We want to get the systems of the world back to the systems of our God, however that looks like. So anyway, that's, I, I feel like it's important to understand uh, the battle that we're in today and how tactics come, how these schemes come, because the goal is to get you and I out of the mindset of bringing the truth and life. Does that mean we go get our family King James Version Bible and go and hit everybody in the head? <laughs> Man, you better learn this, but Jesus is kapow. No, I, I believe in covert Christianity. Um, we have people that we know that are overseas in the Middle East. And, you know, they, they, they can't just stand on the corner and start preaching Jesus. They have to do it differently. I don't think that's wrong at all. So, anyway, sorry, I'm, that was a ramble again. Rabbit trail, sorry. In 2 Corinthians 10, we'll, we'll end right here. Um, uh, Paul is talking... 
where he's about to confront them, uh, the Corinthian church, about some stuff. And um, he makes this statement in, in verse 3, and in the New King James, or a New American Standard, it says, and you probably know it, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage battle according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying arguments and all arrogance raised against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And we are ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. So let me read it out of the Passion um, he says, for although we live in the natural realm, we do not wage a military campaign employing human weapons using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle um, defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, we stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion as soon as you choose complete obedience. In a nutshell, the thoughts and the mindsets is where our battle is. We, in Ephesians, he says it again, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now, I know a lot of y'all like to throw hands, but you know we're not supposed to do that because they cut us off or they, right? I know I struggle with that one too, but that's okay. Um, it's through the thoughts. It's through the attitudes that pe people are influenced, right? Is that true? They're influenced. You and I get influenced by the conversation or by the life that we have lived. That's another thing that, that we love to get into is about the, what Ephesians talks about, the course of this life. And there's just these things that happen in life that cause us to think a certain way, to live a certain way, to act a certain way. And the enemy, those things that are not good, the enemy just fuels that with thoughts. And this conversation that Jesus had with Satan, he was able to stand back and say, yeah, no, that's, that's not the thought of that is not what my father says. Remember, he says, hey, if you're really the son of God, no, 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 hold on. You can grab that thought. And you can take it captive because why? There is no if. I am the Son of God. And you can destroy that. Does that make sense? And so when we're, when we're here, what I, what I wanted to leave you with today, with where I'm in my own self, I'm trying to be more aware of when I'm, what I'm hearing and when I am hearing it. And what it is. Okay, Father, is that you? All right, Holy Spirit, you trying to show me something? Or is that just me still thinking a certain way about a certain person? A certain way they act or, or whatever? Um, uh, one of the 
guys that work for us named uh, Trouble, Trouble Carter. Um, y'all, Trouble's been here a few times, and, and y'all know him. We did the YouTube video together, um, and uh, we were having a conversation one day about uh, profiling and stereotyping and things like that. He says, well, let me ask you a question. Do you lock your doors when, uh, when you're in the car and certain people, you're in a parking spot and certain people walk by? I said, uh, I lock my car, my doors when anybody walks by. He says, why do you do that? You paranoid? And I went into talking about the way we were raised. Um, well, Kevin wasn't really, at, he wasn't quite at that age yet, but my dad was very, man, he was an officer for 30 years. He didn't trust nobody. So what did we learn from dad? What did I learn from dad is you don't trust anybody. You back in your parking spot, son. You don't pull in that parking spot. If you can park out, of, don't park right up close to this. You know, all these kind of things. Look, see that guy? See how he's watching? See how he's looking? Watch, he's watching people. Why does he got a coat on and it's summertime? Why? You know what I mean? All these kind of things. And Trouble was laughing at me. He goes, man, I knew you were crazy, but I didn't know you like that crazy. We have a lot of those conversations, and I love it. Um, but those are things that happen in my life because of how the course of my life went. Now, some of those are very good. I, part of my identity is a protector. I have that very deep in, in me as to protect. So some of that is, is good, and some of it is, is not good. And so when the times happen, when things are going on, I have to listen to the conversation in my head. Is that my thought or is it his? Is, it a, is an arrow coming in of something that's outside? Grab that thought, put it captive, put it to Christ. Is that Father's heart or is it not? What does it look like? Does it look like his love? Does it look like his grace? Does it look like his power? Or does it look like me being irritated with someone that, you know, doesn't know how to drive? Oh, man, we get a lot of that. Texas has had some bad days when they've given out driver's license, man. I'm just saying. There's some fools around that just don't know how to drive. But. So, I don't know what else it looks like for you when the enemy comes and throws darts. I don't know what it looks like for each of you as individuals. I know what it looks like for me, and I know in some of this I rambled today. I got off track, and that's Raquel's fault, but um, I, I, I felt so strongly that we needed to talk about the awareness needed in the conversations that you are having, that I am having up here, because he doesn't come, he doesn't step down and draw a line and say, let's go. He doesn't do that. He sneaks up with a thought. Hey, if you really are. Hey, if you really do. Or whatever that looks like for you. I just want you to be aware. I, I just I wanted us to talk about being aware of the conversations that are going on to suck your identity out of your life, out of your heart, out of your head. You're the son and the daughter of the Most High. Amen? And he wants to pull that thinking away from you. That's all he wants to do. Because when you don't walk as who you are, 
then your destiny is not fulfilled. The will of the Father is not accomplished. There's this whole other aspect of light and darkness that takes place. Man, there's so much to it. So I was hoping that we would leave here today with our guard a little higher, a little tighter, and be more aware. Because the reality is, is that every one of you in here, you're meant to change the world around you. That's the truth. And we say it all the time. Uh, I, I hope that somebody says, man, you say that too much. Uh, I hope that I get accused of that because I want to say it too much. I want all of us, anybody that watches us, anybody that's on Zoom, anybody listening to the podcast, I want everyone to know that you're meant to change the world around you. Whether that's you work in education, then let's change the education world. Listen, they're not, they're not running to come into the doors. They're not. Life changes. Things change. Thank God that it changes, yes? Think if we were 100 years ago, women, you couldn't vote. That was stupid. Is that not true? And on and on and on. We could go on and on about all the different injustices and the things that have changed over time that have been amazing changes. Right? And you're meant to facilitate the next changes of this world. Why do you think we let our kids have that freedom like that? Because we, how many of you were ever hindered in worship when you first started coming to the Lord? Did anybody ever, some of y'all might have grown up in, in, in a, you know, a, a tongue-talking, foot-stomping, jumping up and down church. We didn't. We grew up and you didn't do that stuff. I remember the first time I raised my hand. First time went into a church like that, I was like, man, these people, they're going to hell, man. They were standing up at the altar. They were jumping and screaming. And Shandabalo, man, it was awesome. I know now it was awesome. Then I thought, man, they go, they going to split hell wide open, man. They just, oh, I ain't clapping. Mm-mm. And then what does this one do? What did this one do? You know what I did? I went. Oh, my God. She's going to hell, too. No. <laughs> no. Thank God for change. Amen? You're meant to change the world, and he wants to stop you. He wants to tell you all the horrible things that you think are there about you, and they're not. He wants to remind you of the, the mistakes of the past which are forgiven. He wants to bring you into a place where your identity is what you thought it used to be versus what it really is today. That's all he's trying to do. Amen? Would you stand with me? So let's leave with our guard up. And our, mind, and our minds thinking, our wheels turning of how are we supposed to change the world. We're going we're gonna to come together for this worship night on the 29th. Um, you know, with stuff with COVID... Uh, it it, it kind of hindered some of our plans that we had wanted to look at doing some things. Um, we want to see reformation in our city. Conroe's our city, right? And so we want to 
we want to find out, okay, God, how can, how can we be a catalyst uh, for Conroe becoming a city? I don't think Conroe's a bad city. I, I think it's a great city. I love it. And, but can it improve? Absolutely. Man, what, how awesome would it be for Conroe? Right now we're known as the fastest growing city in the nation. How awesome would it be for us to be known as a city of love, as the city of, man, everywhere you go in Conroe, you just feel good. Everywhere you go in Conroe, man, people are nice to you, man. They want to help you. Did you know that's an attribute of the Father? And that's how it should be in our community, yeah? And so that's what we want to see. And we want to begin to press in as a community. Like, what, where do we start? We, uh, we talked about adopting our, uh, our police department and beginning to pray for them specifically. We want to... We want to get a list of every person that works in the department from the cooks, from the people at the desk, to every officer, every lieutenant, every sergeant. We want to begin to prophesy for them. We would love to be able to write out prophetic words for each name and deliver that to them and let them know that, hey, man, we're, we're speaking life into you guys and girls. Make sure I get that right. But are we going to start there? We don't know. We've been talking about doing something like that for like a year now or something, and it's just been thing after thing. So maybe that's not where we start. Maybe it's something that we're missing. Have a huge heart for veterans for me. I, I Man, I, I, I love our veterans, and I want to do something. 22 a day, take their own life, and that's, that's unacceptable. If 22 people dropped dead in the Woodlands Mall, we would freak out about it. The whole nation would be in an uproar, but 22 a day take their own life, and that is absolutely wrong, and we should be doing something. We have the answer, right? Look at all these other things going on right now. Look at all the political aspect, right? Can politics be saved? Yes, they can. Politics can be saved. We can bring the truth of the heart of God and we can work through a lot of those things. And every other aspect of life right now that goes on, all these fights that are there, man, there's so much, right? But you have the answers. Is that true? You believe that this morning? Yeah? Cool. Well, Father, I just thank you. I thank you for a group of people that are world changers. And this morning, I thank you for awareness, but I do pray that as, uh, you know, we, 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 we did a, a round robin here with that scripture from last week in John, where Jesus himself tells the disciples, I have much more to tell you, but you can't grasp it right now. I, I, I pray that as we right now as core church are standing in that place, where you're, you're wanting to give more, my prayer is that right now today with the words that I speak, with the hearts of people that are willing to step in, that we would be able to grasp the more right now. That we would leave here today with an increased understanding, uh, a, a, an, an elevated level of capacity for your heart, and for the actions that show your heart. And my prayer today, Father, is that each and every person in this room 
those that are watching, those that are listening, those on the Zoom, that there would be an instant shake, an instant uh, uh, something that runs through us that opens up our capacity for more of you. More of what you're wanting for us to grasp. There's something about that word grasp. Um, You know, when I hear that word grasp, I tend to think of an emergency situation, right? Like if you're fell off the boat, grab the, you know, like you're grasping for the rope. You're grasping for air. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That feeling of like you're trying to, that, that's the picture that I have in my head. But I, I feel like, like Holy Spirit is telling me, man, it's not that way with me. There's no emergency. You're going to miss it. Or there's no emergency like this is your only chance to grab a hold of what he wants to give. No, no, just step into it. Just ask. Grasp is to like grab a hold of something firm. So, Father, that's my prayer that there wouldn't be a sense of uh, that you're like teasing us or something. Like, here it is. Too late. There's no too late with the Father. Amen. So, Father, I just speak that over everyone. I pray in the name of Jesus that we would grasp, we would come to a deeper understanding in our, in, our, in our every aspect with you, Father. I thank you for this group of people. I just pray your, your blessing, your strength, your power, your flow over their life. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name, amen and amen. Man, thank you all for being with us today. And y'all made this an amazing day. That worship was, was pretty awesome for me anyway. And that's because you show up. Amen. So y'all have a great day. Listen, if you need prayer for anything specific, just please come and see us right up here. Uh, We love you all. God bless. And we'll see you Sunday.